And so we are today in the abiding forever word of God. And so the focus of the Holy Spirit is really a focus that he's given us in the body of Christ to behold the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there is an hour, it is right now to behold the resurrected King of glory. That he is resurrected indeed and that he triumphed mightily and came up and out of the grave. And if the grave and death and fear and torment and every, every devil under Satan himself did not hold him down. Huh? Why would you think you'd be held down if he lives in you? You can't be held down. You can't be paralyzed. If you're on this forward walk with Christ, you will not be shut up, stopped up, bound up. No matter what it seems like we finished last week, I'm stirred up. I did say I was stirred up. I am stirred up. And we read in Philippians about no care. The definition of no care is that Paul learned to be content, whether abounding or based. It didn't matter. Why? Because he had a revelation of who lives in him. So natural circumstance is of no consequence to us. Outside of it being an encouragement, we're here to take over. Outside of it being an encouragement, I'm going to chop, 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 eat it all up. Ha, 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 ha. It's bread to me. Be a Joshua and be a Caleb today. Be courageous and go out and take over the mountain that God has given you. The mountain of revelation. The mountain to know who you are in Christ. There's no higher mountain than the mountain of revelation, of transformation to know that you are a child of the Most High God and you are loved today. You are loved today. And so the focus of the Holy Spirit is to keep your gaze into that which I'm saying even now. How can you have a boldness of persuasion if you're not leaning in the Holy Ghost today? How can you have a walk of victory if you're not led of the Holy Ghost in the triumph of Christ today? And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us to enable us to walk out the Christ life on earth. And so where would I go? Where will I start? I'll start. I'll start in Mark 11. Mark eleven twenty two. It's about the lesson of the withered fig tree. And that Jesus cursed the tree was not producing fruit for him. And the tree got cursed. What did he say? What did Jesus say to the non-fruit producing tree? Let in verse 14, Mark eleven fourteen, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. If you're not bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, no one can partake of your fruit. If you're not eat, if you're not bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What a statement. What a statement. And so what happened? The next day, disciples, they like, master, the trees withered from the root up. And so here is the lesson. Let's go verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by the disciples with Jesus, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. This is the dominion that we have in Christ. That everything is not producing for the kingdom of God. Everything is not producing liberty in this hour. Everything is not producing peace and joy in this hour. We have an ability to shut it up. We have an ability to speak the words of life. And to deny death access to us. We have an ability to, to destroy every foul tongue that's risen against the body of Christ today. 
We have a liberty of the Holy Ghost to speak the very words of Jesus today. And curse that foul tree of death of the knowledge of good and evil. And it be dried up from the root up. That no more carnal understanding will, will infiltrate the body of Christ. No more sensual knowledge will dictate the way the body of Christ moves on earth. But that we be solely led by the power of the Holy Ghost to decree liberty to the captives, to proclaim the good news to the poor, to set the captives free today. And Peter, verse 21, Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, 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 look at that. Your words actually have power, Jesus. What? What? You can actually decree the matter and see it come to pass. What? Peter is saying. Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you curse has withered away. Oh, Jesus. I love Jesus. He's cool, calm, composed. He's, he's my kind of a dude. He is awesome. Look what Jesus says. Have faith in God. Always eyes back to the Father. Always eyes back to the Father. This power of proclamation is my Father's proclamation. I only say that which I hear my Father say. And Jesus walked in this faith in God. To be able to say the words of God. You cannot say the words of God without faith in your heart to believe the words you're saying. Without a lead. Why do you need focus today? To hear his voice alone. Why do you need focus today? To disallow distraction to negate the truth of the word within you. What did Jesus say? Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you. He says to you. He says it to you and me assuredly. Verily, verily Jesus says to you and to me. Whoever says to this mountain. Says to this mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea. You inoperable thing in my life. You blockage in my life. You stumbling block in my life. I speak to you. Be removed out of my sight. That's dominion. That is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Have faith in God, Jesus said. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Right there is the sea. I see the sea right there. I've illustrated sermon this morning. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You will have whatever you speak out of the inspiration that you believe. That which you believe today, you have. You're a haver of your believer. And so what the instruction is here, let your believer be guided by faith in God. Because when you have faith in God and you believe as he believes towards you, as he has already done towards you, then you will move in this God class of where people would marvel and say, what? 
What? That which you said came to pass. What, Desi? What? What? So and so. I have a little buddy watching today called Serene. That, that which we say out of our mouths is to release life. To release life. Life. And it comes from a persuasion of life. For God is life. The word says that the one that has a son has life. And so today from this life persuasion, we are believing that we are alive with Christ as he was raised up. And as we came out of the baptism of the water, that when we were baptized, as Jesus had been baptized, and when we came out of the water of our natural here baptism, something supernatural happened, and we left the old life back then. We, be, we, we are now recognizing ourselves solely by the new creation, man, solely by the life of God in me, solely by the love of God. That was demonstrated to me on the cross. So when I believe, when I have a focus of persuasion, when, when I'm disallowing all the other lies, what if, how do you know, Desi? It has never worked this way before, Desi. Was the Red Sea parted ever before? Was, was the Jordan River ever stopped ever before? Was Jericho's wall ever demolished just by a group of people marching around seven days on the last time, on the last day seven? Was that, did that ever happen? Did, did anyone come alive out of the lions then that was not uh, spiritually preserved by God? So what that it's never happened? It's happening now. Why? Because we have a persuasion to believe for the impossible. So the greatest focus for you today is do not survey the landscape that's lying to you, that's speaking to impossibility. But look at that mountain and say, you are coming down today. You today have no more validity to talk to me. You today are not in my path anymore. I cast you out of my sight. And all I see is glory. All I see is my father. All I see is the heavenly host encamped around about me. The angels of God. And together with, there is a great cloud of witnesses that's cheering on all of us in the body of Christ. So we can be a marvel to the generations. So we can be a, a, a strong light of a life to the world. And know that this will be most contented in your life. Know that this will be the most contented moment in your life is to lay hold and to keep the persuasion of the word of God. And so the Holy Ghost that we've been sealed as a guarantee is to enable us to keep a gaze that is firm and secure. Because if we go, in, if we go back a few chapters in Mark 4, now I'll read, let's say, 30, yeah, verse 30. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? How do we paint a picture of the kingdom of God? Well, here's the picture God's going to paint. It is like a mustard seed, which we know is the smallest of all seeds. 
Because what we do to the least, what we do to the least, we do to the greatest Jesus. Even a cup of cold water in his name, we have blessed him. It's always about the least. If, you, if you're faithful in, in the least, in the smallest of things, you'll be faithful in the biggest things. So it's always about the least. Because why? The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Because God always uses the foolish things to astound the wise. It's always about the least. So don't self-disqualify yourself. I don't have this faith. Yes, you do. Does Jesus live in you? Yes, and if he lives in you, then you have his faith. Paul writes that we have now the faith of the Son of God living inside of us in Galatians. And if Jesus does not live in your heart, you open up your heart. You believe what he has done for you, that he did die on the cross. And from that cross, he was taken down and put in a grave, in a cave. And from there went down to the pit of hell. His spirit went down to the pit of hell. And he defeated powers and principalities and came up out with resurrection power by the power of the mighty Holy Spirit. And now when we believe that work that God has demonstrated to us to show us his mighty love, that he will die for you and me today. And not only die, but also resurrect out of the grave and together with the Son to raise us up into newness of life that we now be born again. When you believe that message, you become born again. You are totally transfigured, spiritually speaking. You become a child of God and now you are His. And now Jesus lives in you and now you have a life that is beyond the natural living life. You now have eternal life that is assuring a place in heaven and though you might live another hundred years it is just but a glimpse it's just but a vapor and before we know it we'll be in that moment we will have to cross from this realm into that realm and the way and where we go depends on whether we have received divine life the Lord Jesus Christ himself and that's the confidence we have as believers. No matter what happens here, we know we have an assurance. We have an assurance of resurrection life to overcome all things, to have a confidence in the midst of bizarre circumstances. And so did, let's go back. It is like a mustard seed, verse 31, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, the word has to be sown. Open your heart for the word to gain entry into your heart. It has to be sown. So that when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater, becomes the greatest persuasion where you know if God be for me, no one can be against me because the greater one now lives in me. And this seed of faith when sown in my heart by the word of God because faith comes through the hearing of the voice of God, the hearing of the word of God to open up our heart to receive that divine utterance. So it grows up and it becomes greater than all the herbs and, and shoots out large branches, large branches. You, you, you're, the span of your influence in God in the kingdom just grows wider. 
that you bear much fruit for the kingdom of God, so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So you become a shade for many. Earlier in that chapter is a parable of the soul that sows the seed of the word of God. And here we'll see something in verse 13. Jesus saying to them, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Verse 14, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Take note. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, immediately. He doesn't wait for a moment. He comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why? So he will not produce this mighty tree of life inside of us. And so be wise and have a focus on to recognize you do have an adversary that has come out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And now we have the Holy Spirit that is the decree of the Word of God that is bringing forth to remember the very words of Jesus to keep us, to remind us to not deviate and depart from the truth of the Word. To, to, uh, enable us to be a guard against the stealing, killing, and destroying of the word of God inside of us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I'm getting in the message now, so might be half a message, but it'll be the full message. It'll be the message that will come out, praise God. Chapter 2. Let's go 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. We have not received the spirit of fear. But we received what? The spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. We received the spirit of God himself. But we've received the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been what? Freely given to us by God. Liberty, life, health, joy, peace, salvation. The Holy Spirit freely given to us by God. And this is 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural mind does not comprehend the spiritual things of God. Paul in Romans says that actually the, the mind, the unrenewed mind is an, is an enmity, it's an enemy to God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit for their foolishness to him. To some that hear the message of Christ, it's foolishness to them because they want a reason how. That makes no sense. I was one of those. I was one of those until I had a powerful encounter in the middle of the night and I had this vision of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross and I knew he died for me and I knew that he was the son of God and that is how I became born again. And the way I was anti-God just prior to that moment, I became all in. I have. Passion for truth arose in me. 
I always had a passion for truth. I just didn't know I was looking for it in the middle of lies. And there's no lie in the truth. And this is the truth, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're not naturally discerned. Nor can he know them because they're... So a natural man cannot know the truths of God because they're spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is rightly judged by no one. For we, for who has known the of, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And then Paul writes, but we have the mind of Christ. When we're born again, we have now the means to recognize the truth of the word. We now have the means to recognize the very voice of God. We now have the means to navigate divine mysteries because in, in chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you go to chapter 6, it says it's pretty much the same thing. Verse 15 do you not know that you, your bodies are members of Christ? And then further down in 17, he says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Is one spirit with him. And so down 19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You're not your own, for you bought at a price. The price was Jesus, the cross for us. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If we go now to verse 12, because we're now God's and we want to glorify God in our bodies, in our spirits, here comes verse 12. All things are lawful for me, Paul writes, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be brought under the power of any. And I have been given dominion to discern that which wants to lord it over me today. And so the Holy Spirit has been given in us. Now we are the temple of the divine life to be able to navigate us, to identify to us what is beneficial and what is not beneficial. So the weekend today live in those good moments of God. In, in 2 Corinthians, let's go to 2 Corinthians, the beginning, chapter 1, 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, that's Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no. He didn't waver. When God gave us a promise, he did not waver with his promise. It was not a yes and a no. It was not a maybe so. But in him was yes. And so we now have the Holy Spirit to navigate us into the yeses of God. To navigate us in this assurance that God is for us. That we have been sealed until that day of redemption. That no harm will come our way because we are now God's. My body is God's. My spirit is God's. And so because of it, I have an assurance that the way Satan couldn't touch Jesus. That Satan had nothing on Jesus. Satan can't touch me. Nor my body. 
nor my spirit, their gods. And my mind is renewed daily, which is my soul, man, to reflect the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So spirit, soul, and body, I am being kept intact until that hour of his return. And the focus of the Holy Ghost is to keep us running this race with perseverance. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. It's what God spoke to Joshua. Keep your eyes straight ahead of the book of Proverbs 4, right? We can look at those if we have a moment. Don't deviate from the good path of the word of God, which is a yes to you. It is a yes. I'm for you. I'm fighting it for you. Engage in the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Contend for this faith that's been entrusted to you. This faith that when planted in by the word of God going in your heart is growing up and bringing out a life divine to be a shelter from multitudes. Don't quit on God today. Don't quit on Him in you today. But engage with Him and allow the Holy Ghost to engage your focus. That you only see God today. That you only see the one that loves you today. That you only see the one that is for you today. If we keep reading. for Verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes in him. Amen to the glory of God through us. That's the engagement. Us with the Holy Ghost. It's a yes and it resonates through us. Yes, it is a yes. Verse 21, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. God today is establishing us in truth. God today has anointed us for this hour. God today is saying, run with perseverance. I'm for you. It's an open yes with no qualifiers outside of engage the yes engage the spirit engage be firmly focused in this race and who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our heart as a guarantee a guarantee to what to succeed a guarantee to what to obtain every promise a guarantee to what that we will overcome 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 today we have a guarantee today. In, in, in chapter 5, 5 is the same thing. If we actually go to verse 4, the assurance of the resurrection has the context here, but verse 4, for we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. We are fully prepared for this hour. God is establishing us. God has anointed us. And God has prepared us for this moment. We're not going to be abundant. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He is my qualifier. He has qualified me to be here right now. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee of pure victory, of pure glory, of pure dominion, of pure insight into mysteries, of 
pure life in Christ, of pure assurance today. It's working, guys. It's working. All things are working. Working how? To my good, to the good of the body of Christ. Who is our God? Who is our daddy today? Who is our God? That he triumphed over, over Satan. Oh, what a powerful testimony of resurrection life to come down from the pit of hell. And what a sassy God has on him. Not only his son, but the entire body of Christ. When he rose up, he, he arose us together with him. We rose up as well. That he has quickened us with this life of, of God, of Christ. As Christ became alive, we became alive. We've been quickened with this life of resurrection power. Let's go to... 1st Corinthians, back to 1st Corinthians 9, verse 24. Here's the focus we're talking about of the Holy Ghost. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? There's, there's no moment right now to be feeble need. Come up, slide from under the couch, take a look and see Jesus and stand up. Stand up. Don't go hiding. Come out of hiding and stand up and see Jesus. See life. We are in a race. We can't cower and hide. We can't go somewhere, Timbuktu land. We've been placed right here, established to be right here for right now, not going in the woods. <laughs> That's a personal moment for me. <laughs> it's okay. Only to explore and have fun, but we're not running away. We're facing it, we're dealing with it, and we're overcoming it. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain this prize. Have a firm focus. Have a persuasion that's rock solid. Stand on the word of truth. Stand on that solid rock of revelation today. And everyone who, complete, who competes for the prize is temperate or is in self-control, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, Paul writes, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight. See, it's a run and it's a fight. And focus is required. What are you listening to all day long? What are you looking at all the time? Put your gaze on the one that is for you. Incline your ear to the word and do not deviate. Do not glance away. Because we are in a race. I, I run some, and I know when I run, it's a forward focus. If I get distracted, I want to look at the scenery, it slows me down. And it actually it starts deviating. It's the same thing as driving a car. It just takes you off track. But when you have a firm focus and you have a target, which is Jesus, you run with perseverance. Same thing with a fight. You have a cause. 
you're going to win it. But you have to be fully engaged in it. You can't shrink back because you're going down if you shrink back. You've got to be on advanced <gasps> mode. Advanced mode. Keep it coming. <laughs> Therefore I run thus, not with a certainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. We don't just sling. We don't just sling. Just, 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 just to be found moving somewhere over there, over there, over there. No, there's a focus. There's a focus. There's a focus to what we do. We don't just beat the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, this is Paul writing, he says, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We today walk with the fear of the Lord. That we live life before God. That we do have an accountability. That we do have a moment where we reckon ourselves dead to the world and alive in the spirit to God. And so the focus today is that we are in a race and we are in a fight. And it's highly contended because we read, Mark wrote, that as soon as the word comes in, who's right there? Satan. And so no, no you don't. And I'll tell you how Satan comes through thoughts of accusations, through thoughts of condemnations, to thoughts to disqualify us. And what does Paul write to the Corinthians again? Take those thoughts captive, bring them down, make them subject, make them be subject to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a focus today. I want to go to more the verse I looked at, I spoke of. First, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1 in the book of Proverbs and we'll finish there. Joshua 1, in his moment of transition and change, do you think it was easy for Joshua? Here, Moses just died, his hero, his father in the faith. The one had stood and withstood such antagonism from the people. Moses is dead, and here God speaks to, to Joshua. In verse 6, he says, hmm, well, let's go to 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. No man. Don't fear man. You can't fear man and fear God. No man can withstand the power of God that lives inside of you. Be bold. Be courageous. Be firmly assured in this confidence of God in you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Can we say as God was with Jesus, so is he with us? Why? Jesus is in us. He's in us now. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. See, he's an assignment. He's on a mission. He's not God's assignment. No foe can withstand the assignment of God on your life when you engage with that assignment. But if you disengage with the call of God from your life, you're toast. So re-engage with the call of God. Re-engage with the call of God. Be courageous. 
to walk out that which is ordained for you because God is with you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't veer your gaze. Be single focused today. Set your gaze above. Put your mind above where Christ is. Set your sight to the one that loves you today. Don't turn to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate in it day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. But do you see the key to this? And right in the middle is the word of God. Do not depart the word. Do not depart from this confidence. This is your confidence. This is your persuasion. This is how you renew your mind. That God truly indeed, indeed, indeed is for you. And so now we go to Proverbs 4. Single focus. We're in the path of life. We're on the narrow path that leads to life. And this life is exuberant life, full of glory, unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. 4.18. But the path of the just, this we are, we are the just. We've been justified by faith. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. Oh, nothing better than a sunny day. Nothing better than a sunny day. We live in a sunny day. We're the children of the day. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. That's not our portion, by the way. We're not the wicked. And this darkness is not our way. They do not know what makes them stumble. We're not of those. Glory be to God. We run the race with perseverance. We're on this path that, that, that's shining. We're in this path. It's getting brighter and brighter as a noonday sun. So verse 20, here comes the word. This is what keeps us in the path. This is the focus that God, God has given to us. And that's why the Holy Ghost is here to equip us to run with this focus. Because he discloses the truth of the word. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Don't let the word depart from your eyes today. We know we always are engaged. Our eyes are always engaged with something. We're always reading something. We always are, well, get engaged with reading truth. Get engaged with reading this report. This news flash. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they are life. Life. It's not bondage. It's life going in. Reading my word is not bondage. It is life. Do you want life? We, all of us are fighting for life. We don't have to fight for life. We fight to contend for the faith. To have life. 
We already have life. The one that has the sun has life. We are havers of life. But what the enemy is trying to do is to choke the persuasion, to negate our faith, to shake us up and to sift us, sift us, sift us. Can't happen the way it couldn't happen with Peter. For they are life to those who find them and hell to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it brings springs the issues of life. Life flows from the treasure that's within me, which is his word hid in my heart. Put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes what? Look straight ahead. Have a focused gaze today. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. And we know this is what the Holy Ghost is helping us to do. It is to walk upright and to run the race on this path that is ever shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Glory be to God. And we are done. Yay.